Hey guys, welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. I'm actually doing a live stream this evening for those of you who are listening via podcast and for those of you who are live. We have had technical difficulties because that is technology and that's just how it works. (laughs) But better late than never. And uh, I'm super excited about my guests tonight and live streaming, which I, if any of you know me at all, I loathe all of this technology stuff. Even as much as I love it, it is a giant pain in my hind end. So uh, thanks for joining me for my first ever live stream. This is like history making tonight. So of course the technical issues would, would, you know, happen the way that they have, but we're here, we're here. Okay. So, Hey guys. So I see Corey and Chris and okay, there we go. There's some of my people from Twitter's faces. <laughs> so yeah, now y'all get to see my ugly mug. You know, I have a radio face. So now we get to do all this together. Um, we're waiting for this beautiful young lady's other half, uh, because he went to get some type of equipment apparently to try to connect voices. So you know how women are. We're like, just grab the computer, girl. We're just going to wing it. So, hey, Z, how are you? Doing well. I'm glad to be here. I've heard lots of good things from Scott, so I'm excited. Likewise. Thank you. So I met your honey on uh, Twitter Spaces, mm-hmm. and he was always coming in, um, you know, uh, chiming in with just like dropping major wisdom bombs in my space. And he just quickly became someone who, you know, I knew I could go to for spiritual answers, you know, whatever. And he was always bringing you up as well. And then he let, alert, alerted all of us to... um your new, it's not a podcast, right? But it's, what is your gig on? Okay. Yeah. So it's two Americas, but you guys are on the urban conservative. Yes. The urban conservative we're on. It's like a network, kind of like an umbrella. And so they've got us on their network. Uh, One of the, I think we're, we're their second show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I saw your Valentine's Day show, which I loved. And um, and I tend to talk about politics a lot and geopolitics specifically. Um, but I love the fact that you guys are a couple, uh, you're faith-based, you're, you know, you're conservative, but you're super cool. <laughs> so uh, I took some notes during your uh, Valentine's Day show, which I thought was really cool. I had no idea that you had some health challenges challenges uh-huh. um that's that he saw you through that and you guys are getting married when april 9th oh wow it's coming up it's coming that's I'm awesome so scared. are you scared <laughs> what i'm afraid of is like the lasagna will burn it's stuff like that someone okay. will fall in the pool because it's a backyard wedding it'll be oh it'll nice pool and we'll have to save her it'll ruin everything it'll be something like that you know it'll be perfect 
And you know what? <laughs> if something tries to ruin it, that'll just make for a much better story. Yeah, <laughs> so. I think I would rather be the one that falls in than, than my aunt. But, you know, we'll see <laughs> right. There's always something that goes on. <laughs> Excellent. OK, so we've got this podcast. What do you guys talk about? Primarily, I do want to talk about your podcast and Scott can jump in once he comes back with the uh, equipment, apparently that's necessary. But then I want to pivot to State of the Union, which is coming up tonight. What you guys are thinking about that. I saw... I think some notes on your upcoming podcast about that. I don't know if you've already recorded it or if you do those things live, but tell us a little bit about what you guys do, what you're talking about, what your focus is, what your goals are for the podcast. So our goal is pretty much to influence people to work on themselves at the end of the day, because there's so many things that are big problems in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, men, Scott is always like wanting to fix everything and frustrated because he can't fix everything. And I'm like, babe, you can't fix everything. So what we try to do is say, okay, here are these high and lofty things that are going on in the world. You got Putin, you got this and that. And I'm like, well, what can people do on their own? So one of the things you can do is just be a good person. Start with being a good family man. Start with yourself. And and then we kind of go from there. So we just really want to influence people to, first of all, follow God, go back to traditional values and don't be complete retards. (laughs) spoken like a true conservative i love it (laughs) hey there he is there's the other half we just decided to get this show on the road without you dude (laughs) i was like we're gonna have to work this out because uh you know we got we got we got stuff to do we got people waiting i got chats over here messages just like yeah scott was running behind everybody thanks for waiting for us yeah well thanks for waiting for you we 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 got the show rolling yeah women are we're gonna adapt and overcome and get the show on the road (laughs) okay so happy uh soon to be wedding and uh you're welcome and welcome to your show i wanted to promote your efforts because a i think you are like just mad with wisdom and uh, i was telling z how we met and that you drop into my spaces and you just kill it every time with whatever you have to say uh it's usually very in depth you know we're all just kind of left going hmm Okay, we're going to have to like we got to take some ownership right around some of the truth bombs that you drop. And so when I learned of your podcast, I was like, oh, okay. well, I love promoting what other people are doing. And I think there are so many voices in the world today, like I'm starting my uh, Bible study tomorrow excuse me, tomorrow on discernment. And there's so many voices that people don't know. They're not tuning into God, first of all, because most people are stuck on Twitter or, you know, other social media platforms or actual news cycles. And so I love the fact that you guys are pouring into people, you know, to, to reframe really some, some mind work that I think has been like an operation has been run on people for a number of years now. They don't even realize it. So I love the truth bombs that you guys are dropping together. I did watch your Valentine's day, uh, show, which was really sweet. And I was telling Z, I had no idea that she had some health challenges that you've obviously walked her through to overcome as well. So Z gave us her version of, of what your podcast is about. So what's your version? (laughs) Well, essentially, I'm this sarcastic, nihilistic misanthrope who was going through a lot of my own personal problems. But I knew what was right and what was wrong. And um, I met her, and she's this sort of classic church girl. You know, she waited for marriage. She was patient. She's laughing. Is that the truth? Or (laughs) wow. You know, and, and I did the complete opposite. You know, I'm, I'm I'm as deep a sinner as you can get. My hands might as well be covered in tar and blood. So, 
we were a very interesting match from the get go. And okay. we just had like that kismet that all relationships I think should be based on. It was yeah. us conversing back and forth via text through an app called hinge. And, uh, we just wow. went straight for the, the throat. We went starting, starting with feminism, you know, it was our first thing Correction. That we discussed. Correction. He did that. So I pretty much got to know him the same way you did just by listening to his voice. Yeah. Because my name starts with an N and it's kind of hard to pronounce. And so he said, how do you pronounce your name? I sent him an audio message and then we started audio messaging back and forth. And I was just like, wow, this, first of all, radio voice. Yeah. He does Secondly, have a great voice. Wow. He's, he's really honest. And he, he didn't know if I was a feminist or not. He didn't know if I was like an abortionist. Like he didn't know anything. He just right. started saying, this is what I believe. And yeah. so we, we pretty much met Scott the same way. Yeah, okay. I, I, I started I started out on this app with a very deliberate intent to meet the person I wanted to marry. And, you know, I prayed to God. I was like, all right, look, if this is the thing for me, if I'm going to meet someone here, great. You'll yeah. provide it. If not, move along and just focus on something else. And so I made the filter very narrow. I, okay. uh, I said they had to be conservative. They had to have my politics. I mean, that didn't used to matter as much, but it matters yeah, now. Yeah, that narrowed it down like to a teeny tiny fish pond. Sliver. Like a and kiddie then, pool. Of course, yes. the religious aspect was super important. So that was in there as well. But people can play with religion on these days. Yes. They'll say they're Christian, but that can mean anything. They could be huge view watchers. Yeah. Um, and then, and then uh, <laughs> You know, and then, of course, how you raise children. That was a big one. So yes. those three non-negotiables were the filtering sieve that I used. And oddly enough, within two weeks, boop, she liked my profile. And that was that. Wow. OK, so Z, apparently, clearly you were like digging his profile, too. So were you as narrowly focused or were you even looking for marriage or were you just like, all right, fine, I'll try this dating thing? Oh, I was pushing. I'm pushing 30. I was looking for marriage. So old. <laughs> was like, cats. One day I was just like, I got one foot over. Oh gosh, you guys, thirty. I'm like fifty-one. So, and I just had my first grandbaby. Listen Aww. to me, like I pushed her out after fifty hours of labor. But my daughter Ooh. just had my first grandbaby. I know. Tell me, she deserves like an award. Um, and natural birth. She's like, nice. yeah, she's an Amazon. So, um. She is my hero. She's like, don't give him ideas. He's like, oh, that epidural. Yeah, well, yeah, that came actually after about 35 hours. So, uh, but she is my champion and my little angel. So, you know, I, I will say this. I did a poll on Twitter um, probably two, three years ago and asked people specifically, would you consider dating someone outside of your political ideological persuasion? And I had over 10,000, I had over 6,000 actual long replies. Like it wasn't a poll. It, it wasn't your, your average, you know, yes or no. It was, um, well, it was yes or no, but, but I was surprised that so many people, you know, gave me this epistle as to why. And what's interesting is that people who are probably, well, you know, I'm widowed and I've been widowed for over 20 years. And so I've seen a lot of my friends come and go in marriages. <laughs> so, but a lot of these people who responded, yes, um, we, we have done it for a number of years and we just respect each other. They have had all of the pre Obama years to actually mm -hmm. hunker down, uh, you know, uh, congeal, you know, and their love for each other. They've gone through some things and they're committed and they're not going to allow politics to come in between them. Um, even though they differ in their politics, but 
but they come from a time when you could differ and it not mean, you know, life or death in your home. And so there, but those people, that demographic was super slim. That margin was really slim, but everyone else was like in 95% of them who responded were conservatives because that's my, my base. Um, and they were like, not a snowball chance in hell, like would not happen. <laughs> I was like, good answer. So, you know, what's inter- you know, what's interesting is like a nineties kid, you know, politics was always kind of the thing you kind of threw to the side when you found there was friction. Yep. You no, know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't keep pushing it. Right. Nowadays, you can't avoid it. It's in everything. Right. It's on ESPN. It's on MTV. It's on every webcam, every oh, episode. Yeah. Any person is going to have a political bent to it. Even your history podcast is always going to have something like, now I'm using the term first uh, society because, you know, yeah. certain groups will be sensitive. It's You can't avoid it anymore. And so you kind of have to pick a side. You do. And so, yeah. And so if you del- if you don't delineate, I feel like you've chosen your side. Right. right. If you're trying to kind of vacillate between the two and get along, you're always going to swing left because they're going to they're going to well, snatch you. Well, yes. And now it's like, it, are we going to raise our child that has a penis as a girl or non-binary? So it's getting right. it's getting too crazy to to not care about people's worldview. That's right. No, I want I, I, I thousand percent agree with you. Um, speaking of that, you know, so something that you said, Z, I was telling my son-in-law about today because I was so excited about you guys coming on and my daughter is bi-ethnic and he is this fantastic handsome white guy um and so my husband was black and American Indian and uh and my godmother is Alveda King and if I ever refer to my daughter as biracial she will smack me so she's like there's one race and there's one blood that's it so that's what I live by and that's really what fundamentally I believe but something you said and I shared this with him today uh, in your Valentine's Day podcast was that you wish it wasn't just Black History Month. You wish it was Black Americans Month, right? Or or that there were... It, oh, and the other thing you said was it's almost as if white people get completely left out of the equation that we did have something to do with the abolishment of slavery. And I was like, mm-hmm. I love this woman. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Just this middle of the road, not even middle of the road. I mean, it's it you just have a very stable, sane way of looking at it without denying history, because no one's asking us to do that and to get history right and to understand that. If you're going to land, you know, on the truth, on the side of truth regarding our history, and as a Christian, I just think it's really important for us to glorify God and the fact that we have even overcome to the extent that we have. Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the interesting things is, is that we market ourselves as an interracial couple, but we essentially look at any kind of race essentialism as a form of dirt worship. Yeah, you know, Z, Z made this fantastic <laughs> quote in our first season of our show that I didn't know about. She kind of dropped it on me in the middle of the show, where she was talking about how. Well, why don't you tell it? Actually? I knew you were going to do that. It's a good I story. Love it. Here, I love it. Here, what, what, <laughs> it's dirt it's worship. Kind of joke, That's so right? good. Well, we're, we, you know, from ashes to ashes. Yes. So God formed us out of dirt, so everyone right. that's blessed with skin colors right. is essentially worshiping dirt. Yep. So we call them dirt worshipers. I love it. Well, the word says that we are but dust. So get you some yep. of that. Um, and, and, and the Lord knows that we are nothing but dust, right? So he knows our frame. So he has a lot of mercy for us because like Z said, or who just, who used the word retarded? <laughs> that might get me flagged on YouTube on like my first night here, but it's whatever. The word on the internet right now. <laughs> 
but um, no, that's good stuff. And that's so true though. And the idolatry is like over the top these days, especially in the realm of politics. So speaking of politics uh, today, you know, Scott, you and I have talked a lot in my spaces about people being excited about 2022 and the, um, you know, the general election coming up, they see this as the midterms, the midterms, the midterms is going to save us, you know, politics is going to save us. If Trump would only come back, he would save us. Right. And so I have been, you know, cheering from, I mean, from the, the nosebleeds, it seems that we have to get through the primaries. And today is Texas primary. And I don't know if you saw my latest tweet, but there's this dude in, in a in a precinct who's like telling a voter that uh, only Democrats can vote in his precinct because everybody went home. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> so where so, where are yeah, you guys I mean, on all this? And Z hasn't seen this, but essentially you had a video where, uh, you know, a Democrat primary poll worker was trying to politely inform these people on video that, hey, these are joint primaries. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes yeah. it's just Republicans. I, I'm just the Democrat worker guy. I can't help you with the Republican vote. Right. And since people don't get involved and they don't volunteer, they don't understand how the system works. Right. And so everybody instantly kind of jumps to their like right. pearl clutch where they're like, it's more voting. More fraud. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is that it's just a lack of people being willing to sit their butts in a chair and do boring work to make sure that the gears of bureaucracy turn. Sure. Um, but more importantly than that, though, to answer kind of your previous question is that do I think a red wave is coming in 20, you know, 23, 22? Yeah. I, honestly, I don't I don't care. Um, to me, the fight is the same. Yeah. And I don't trust anyone at this point. I don't trust the DNC. I don't even trust the federal government. I don't trust the media. I don't trust anybody. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, um, Putin declared himself a Chinese citizen and absconded from Russia and just <laughs> left the government in tatters. Right. It wouldn't surprise me if Elon Musk declared himself Batman. Like at this point, I don't care. It's just too ridiculous. Right. The only thing I can put my faith in is God. And so what that's done is, is it's allowed me to see things with more foresight and more wisdom than normally I would if I was simply reacting to everything. Sure. And so what I would say is, is that if it comes to Texas, don't don't get all hype about these little videos. Look at this stuff and think practically. What can I do on the ground to actually make a difference? Go yeah. and volunteer. Um, if people are like, well, they're, they're depriving us of votes, then be the person who fills the gap, you know, like go and volunteer mm -hmm. on your day off, even if it's you know, it's, it's not something fun. You don't want to do it. Right. And we just have too many people reacting online and not enough people doing something. Sure. Now, Z, are you as equally involved with politics or? Probably I mean, a bit more. Yeah. She actually works in it. Yeah, technically. Okay. So like for me, the elections are, I, I, I slightly disagree with Scott a little bit because they, I care about the elections. Yeah. Like for instance, in, in our state, we've got uh, the Supreme Court, it's three to four um, Democrats. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of them were appointed by our crackhead governor. Yeah. And <laughs> they, so the, the legislature, which is Republican led, uh, drew the maps. And, and then the Democrats were like, we don't like this. And Eric Holder was all up in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they sued and there was court, and appeals and all this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, long story short, the Democrats, the Democrat Supreme Court um, members, they signed off on a on a map, uh, congressional all the way down, that the that Eric Holder's organization wrote and, and created. And okay. so it's just every day I get reminded that elections do matter. And even though you may get some duds in there, mm -hmm. like it's it, 
it, it can be better than the alternative. And so right now what we're really pushing is we got to get conservative judges elected and we, we're pouring all kinds of money into it because we're seeing the fruits of what we didn't do before. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because, you know, I think about money, right. And, and just, and who else is pouring money into these elections? I mean, to the tune of 400 million plus, uh, in the last election and whether or not we can even, you know, beat that in terms of a system that I think is just raw, it's just fraught with issues, um, up the entire election grid and down. Um, and that's been my stance since 2020. So I, you know, I, I, I kind of, I balance that, hey, I'm kind of right with both of you, where there is that part of me where people are like, where have you been on Twitter the past couple of days? I'm like, well, I've been enjoying my grandbaby and I've been enjoying the Lord, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And, and I've quit. Um, and I'm kind of in a, in a media foxhole, if you will, because I realize that uh, there are powers that be that are completely on the witch hunt. Uh, anything you say can and will be used against you. So I am measuring my responses so that I'm responding and not reacting. Um, and I don't want to get, uh, you know, accidentally miss or disinform, misinformed, disinformed would be deception. But I, I don't want to misinform people, especially about what's happening overseas right now. So I'm like, you know what? everything's flying. The crap is flying like hard right now, all over kinetically overseas and here with information warfare. And so I'm just going to take, I'm going to take my foot off the gas for just a minute and tell people like you both said, get involved, definitely still show up and volunteer. You know, we're going through the precinct captains and all the precinct work that need, needed to be done and needs to be done. Uh, sign up for working at your polls, you know, monitoring things. If there are bodies that are there who understand the laws, uh, state laws, your state constitutions, uh, you know, have your AGs on speed dial, have your secretary of state on speed dial, you know, um, get ahead of this fraud wave that could allegedly uh, be coming. But in the same breath, it's like, you know, I, I, I'm not holding my breath. I, I'm not putting my hope in midterms. I'm just no. not. Um, and that aggravates some people because they need that hope. They need something to hang on to, you know? And so I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, what if he did come back right now? You know what I mean? Like we hear that a lot where it's like, Jesus is coming. And I'm like, well, actually I kind of hope it's not right now. Cause I want to enjoy my, my grandbaby. And like, everyone wants to see Jesus, but not tonight. <laughs> so, and you two probably want to get married. And like start- the persecuted that want to be raptured. Everyone else is like, hold on a minute. Can I get a sex life before Jesus comes? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even tell you that's overrated because it's not. <laughs> So I feel you, girl. Yeah. Could I have one again before the Lord goes back? So I'm just like, what is going on right now? We love you, Jesus. But, you know, not tonight. Not tonight. Come back another day. But and please just make sure I go with you. How about that? But, you know, in all honesty, it's like um, I just love it. I know you guys would be fun. Um, In all honesty, it's like between the religious sect of the church who's just, you know, it can never be Trump again. You know, he's this, he said the P word and we can't believe God would use someone like him. 
too, uh, and who actively worked against President Trump, mind you. You know, we blame it all on the Democrats, but that is absolutely not true uh, to the people who are just in their Jesus recliners in the church, just waiting on the Lord to appear. And we know God wins and they live by hashtags and they're not willing to get out and do, you know, their civic duty uh, to actually engage. So I'm 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 right there with both of I've you. Got a, I've got a huge beef with the the organized Christian religions in the West because we have, have been around for centuries at this point. We have political and cultural influence that is huge and outsized given the fact that most of the world tends to not believe what we believe. But especially in the West, right. a lot of people profess to be Christians even if they're not necessarily practicing. So that means that there's a bunch of churches out there with a bunch of people filling pews or seats that have basically been sitting out the culture war for generations. Right. And that is exactly why we are where we are. And I hold myself accountable along with you. I failed as well. We all fell asleep on the job. And that's why everything has gotten so insane. And now suddenly the church people are like, my goodness, they're using pronouns now. And what is this CRT and all this disturbing signs and wars? And it's like, (laughs) you could have prevented it. Yep. You could have been the vanguard. You could have stood on the wall and done your job. I mean, if you look at Paul, all of the Bible where God is taking Christians and he's turning them into missionaries, they treat it almost like a military or a business apparatus. Right. They're going to Crete where the Cretans are notorious for being terrible people. And they're like, we're going to start a church and we're going to change that whole island. You know, we used to go into places like China when it was closed to the West. Mm-hmm. We used to go to places like Japan where it was hostile. And we used to actually make a difference in people's lives. Right. Now the church is just like, oh, that Trump guy, he said mean words. It's like, have you ever heard of David in the right. Old Testament? Right. He murdered people so he could have sex with their wives. And right. that's the guy, right? right? Right. We need to be more discerning. And right. we need to be in the culture war. We need to be involved because Christianity is not some kind of a security blanket that you wear to insulate you from reality. It means you have to fight in reality. Yep. And when you use terms like that, you know, it, it, it freaks people out. And I will, I will say this. Um, I think the church is kind of on the last leg of her glory days in this country of being able to speak as freely as we have. Right now, the persecution is really pointed toward um, politics, right? But we should be uh, shoring up, um, you know, our... um, our strongholds here in the earth, which we should have strong, spiritual, godly strongholds here uh, by way of tearing down other strongholds, you know, in principalities and wickedness in high places. I talk about this all the time with Ephesians 6 and 12. And so why are we not bringing that power and that glory of God, you know, through faith in his power, his might, not ours, um, just in, in sheer showing up and faith and speaking truth. So for instance, uh, you know, whenever the little kids come home and now you see all these parents up in arms about CRT or about the personal pronoun mess and they're like, Oh, you know, gosh, what do we do? How do we get here? And I'm like, well, we got here because you were silent and your pastors told you that every wind of drop of doctrine is okay to agree with because it was the loving thing to do, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, There's nothing loving about allowing people um, who are really genuinely hurting uh, and confused and usually suicidal uh, to to feel that way about themselves. And so what did we do? We started a collective um, everyone just accept it and get along uh, campaign. But in the privacy of people's own homes, uh, these folks are still very depressed 
they're still very confused because it is a spiritual battle. And whenever I talk this way, people are like, oh, you're talking about the reprogramming or whatever that mess is called. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking about Dianetics of, you know, gay people. I'm talking about not re- reprogramming. Yeah. It took me a second. <laughs> Oh, oh, I like vaginas. <laughs> Say it again. It's all a direct have stuck uh, utensils in the plug. I have a friend. I love this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He, when I first met him, uh, we were like the two black folks. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he he's, was flaming homosexual. Yeah. And recently, like the last couple months here, he came up to me and he said, Zynga, I'm putting homosexuality behind me and I'm serving God now. And I was like, oh, OK. And he's the type of he's like really, really smart, like Scott yeah. and very um, myopic. Like you give him a task, he does it. Yeah. And he just gives himself over to lifestyles like so um, wholeheartedly. Yeah. And he's like, I've been re- I'm, I'm buying a copy of the Bible. So he, he was in my office the other day. He was wow. telling me that he wishes that the people around him that knew he was in sin said something. And I was like, wow. Okay. Cause he, he, he's miserable. He's like, hey, we're going to have him on the show. Actually. He he's very, very open about it. So I'm not yeah, like, oh, that's cool. That's yeah, good. It's really cool. And I'm like, it's, it's kind of making me um, rethink how I evangelize yeah. and talk to people. And I have a friend uh, who's a deacon and sometimes curses like a sailor. And I'll be like, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, like step it up. It's right. like these little things that, right. We like if your soul is riddled with racism, I've met racists in the church and people who deal with sexual sin. And like, I know we're all struggling, but if you can deal with yourself, then maybe we can break down those strongholds and and actually have an impact on society. But I don't think we can have much of an impact. I don't know if God will really use us Mm -hmm. if we if we're not at least struggling with the sin. Like 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 people say, like, oh, you're, you're judgmental to me. And I'm like, no, there's a difference between someone willfully living in sin. Sure blatantly doing it and someone who's just like i've been wrestling with this thing i'm fighting this thing and they're trying to to overcome it that's right so we can do that as a church as the body of christ we may then have an impact because maybe then everybody wouldn't be so freaking scared of everything yes exactly we don't know how to love people right where they are because we don't know how to love ourselves right where we are and we certainly don't know how to um, let God love us right where we are to transform us. You know, we, we get we stop with, well, God loves us and accepts us and, and we don't move past that. And, and so we just we never overcome. We just stay right where we are. And so, you know, and it was just recently that I finally decided to get serious about specific things in my life that I really want to overcome. And I knew I wasn't going to do it in my own strength. And I've been doing it in my own strength and failing miserably. So finally, you know, I got up and I started... Um, I'm not really one for recitations of prayers. Uh, I'm very, you know, uh, in the moment, you know, fluid and, and stream of consciousness with the Lord. But there is a prayer that I have downloaded and I say it every day. And I've literally watched my life change in just the mm-hmm. past three weeks that I've been saying this prayer by Derek Prince and his wife. And it's powerful. It's declarative. It is. It's contending with things in the heavenly courts so that uh, those principalities and those things are put on notice. So whenever I go forward in my work, um, you know, if I'm still because I, too, have a big time potty mouth. So but but since I've been saying this prayer, um, I I am like instantly before it even comes out of my face, I'm 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 convicted. 
in like a very, um, that's not who you are kind of way, as opposed to you better stop cussing. Cause you know what the Bible said? It's not like that at all. It's whoa, 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 wait a minute. You don't, you can use another word. And so there's like a remapping going on, uh, you know, a washing of the water of the word going on in my own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I'm, I'm reminded of who and whose I am. Right. And so that, that prayer sets the stage for me every day to do that. And then I take that over into my politics. I take that over into spaces, into my work, you know, into my, um, interactions with people throughout the day, uh, paying my bills, you know, uh, vision for my, for my upcoming year, for my ministry and my business, my media company. And so all of these things have just started to like open, you know, as I've just pressed in and decided, made a wholehearted decision to to repent from certain things that I knew um, I, I was just caught up in and I, and I could not seem to cut, get loose of it. And so, and then for the longest time I was like, ah, oh, forget it, whatever, you know, cause you know how we are. Christians are like, well, you know, Monica, God knows your heart. And then we just get stuck there, you know? And I'm like, I know he knows my heart, but it's like, you know, watching my child who's now 25 with her own child, if she's stuck in something that is never going to bring her the fullness of her life, why would I celebrate that? Why would I just settle for that as her parent? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was listening to that prayer, um, on life, love and Liberty uh, the other day. And I was thinking that's a really, that's a really good one. And, you know, I was in one of those kind of moods where you wake up and you just feel like crap and you just really aren't like, first thing I want to do is drop to my knees and surrender to the Lord. You kind of just want to crank your way around the house yeah. and fuss about things. And you just, you start doom scrolling Twitter and you're like, <laughs> right. it all goes downhill from there. You know, and God's yep. like, bro, we didn't, we didn't do prayer time. And I'm like, nah, not right now, buddy. <laughs> Not right now. Exactly. You know, and, and, and of course, I got into the car and I was just like, you know, shaking my head like a pit bull and just pissed off. Yes. <laughs> your, your stuff came on and I was like, I was like weeping by the time I arrived to work. Like, oh, that's so hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. God's convicting. Even the people who cuss, you know, I catch so much flack for that, you guys, because over the years, you know, and especially on Twitter, because Twitter is the sewer of social media, literally. And so I get on there and I'm like, there's no way people are this dumb. Like, that's my first thought that there, did but she really just are. tweet that? <laughs> I guess, I guess. And then I'm like, okay, watch your pride, Monica. But there are some times when I just see something that someone tweets and I'm like, this is absolute bullshit. And it just, it's coming out. It's coming out. I, it's not, it's not sitting in my fingers another second. It's coming out of my fingers. And then throughout <laughs> the day, I'm like, okay, all right, fine. I probably, you know, there's a reason I'm probably not on more Christian platforms because I'm not, I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. Like even with what I'm moving forward with now in my ministry <sighs> and uh, Z, we're going to have to have you uh, come speak to a group of women. Cause you're exactly my kind of girl. Um, but we're, I'm like kingdom building. I'm not, I, I'm not even thinking about, well, how are we supposed to behave? It's like, no, this is not pearl clutching. This is, this is time for you guys to step it up and be warriors beginning in your own mirror first. And that means we do got to clean some things up in our own hearts and our own minds. And then it's time to occupy some territory. I mean, this is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So what are we doing? I have a theory I want to posit to you because I think you'd be the perfect person to ask, but this is something I've been cooking up for months now. 
I think that while politically right now, whether it's, you know, Democrats and the Republicans in America fighting each other and there's this America first movement that's sort of trying to grassroots its way up into power through the Republican Party yep. to combat the Democrats. I think there's something happening simultaneously in the religious Christian community. Mm-hmm. I think there's sort of like an America first movement of Christians who are like me, rough around the edges, mm-hmm. but they are adhering to scripture and they believe in the living God yeah. and they're willing to fight and die and suffer for it. Right. And I think they're starting to look at the established church folks a bit pharisaical. Right. And I think they're starting to think you need to go or you need to change because yeah. this isn't working. Right. I think Z and I are aligned on that in a certain respect. Right. There's someone else that I that I would recommend that everyone who's watching follow immediately. Um, it's, and you may already be familiar with him, but he's he's aligned. Uh, well, Eric Metaxas is one, and Eric is probably a name that most people are more familiar with. But Larry Taunton, T A U N T O N, he is phenom, and as and I can't wait to have him on my show. Um, he is a brilliant historian, scholar, uh, Christian. You know, I mean, he's debated with some of the best before Christopher Hitchens passed away. You know, Larry's been on stages with him. Um, and he wrote this magnificent piece where I was like, dude, I would wash your feet over that piece. It was so good. I would wash your car because I have literally for the past four years of watching certain religious personalities like Beth Moore. Um, I watched that and I go, Okay, I can't, I can't, I just can't. You guys need to stick with Bible studies. Like if God hasn't called you into the lane of politics, just, 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 no, no. Because you all are pearl clutching and you're Pharisees and I need to watch it because God's like, I'm bringing the wheat and the chaff to the forefront. But when I see how, you know, they've just bad mouth deplore, they've jumped in with the left to call God's people deplorables, which means mm-hmm. unforgivable. Um, I'm like, well, I'm not going to hold your word above the Lord's because I am forgivable. I'm already forgiven. So it's not cute. It's not a trope. It's not a little hashtag t-shirt that I want to wear. No, I am forgiven, period. So, mm-hmm. and I'm going to move forward in sanity with my politics. And I think we can do that without being... Pharisees, but Larry wrote this scathing piece where he is he's he's naming names of the uh, Pharisees with regard to politics in the church and and how the church has been infiltrated with regard to COVID, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so yeah. and I'm talking like legitimately infiltrated people positioned in upper management of church that are shaping the COVID narratives. And then you wonder why Christians are like, well, you know, Jesus would take the shot. And I'm like, are y'all kidding me? Do y'all have a Bible? What is going on right now? What are you talking about? Jesus would take the shot. I'm like, Jesus is the shot, but the actual cure. No, you know, it's interesting is I can give you an example. Um, prior to meeting Z about a year before I went on a date with a girl from hinge. Okay. Who, was a professed Christian. Yeah. And she went to church every Sunday and she seemed like she had her life in order. And so I was thinking, okay, she might be a good influence on me because I'm a wreck right now. Okay. This would get me a bit back towards what I used to be when I was. So you were looking for your Holy spirit in dating. Got it. Okay. Didn't work. (laughs) This, this woman, while being a, a decent human being, um, 
her politics sucked. Yeah. <laughs> her attitude sucked. Yeah. And you want to know what else? She would sit there and she would hold my hand and cry during worship. And then later that day, we'd go back to her house and she would have TiVo'd the view and she'd be sitting there like this, enthralled by Whoopi Goldberg's analysis. And yeah. so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, there's a disconnect here because she's got this spiritual element to herself, or at least she thinks she does, yep. but she doesn't understand anything about the religion that she's right. crying about. Right. And so I see this all the time, especially in large churches where you get these liberals who are attending church and they want a feel good seminar. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. And then they go home and they're like, yeah, abort those babies. Right. You know what else is the problem with the church is that it's a bunch of chicks. Even the ones with penises, they're still they're still. <laughs> Don't you love how she casually slips that stuff in? Yes, I love it. Like, like worship leaders, the worship leader, like we make jokes. It's like, oh, skinny jeans, and I guess that's okay. Yeah, skinny jeans and smoke my, machines. Yep. My family, they're all singers and musicians. Yeah, and I've played on worship teams. Like, okay, I get it, but. I think there's something wrong with that. I really, really do. And maybe that's just the way you dress, but it's like this like affectation, Scott calls it, but they're all like limp wristed and goofy. And then I have all these beautiful <laughs> friends who I'm like, they want, they want to get married. And I'm like, well, maybe you should stop looking at these goofy guys that go to your church. Right. I like I would rather have, like when I first met Scott, I was like, holy crap, this guy's just an Elijah that needs to be smoothed out a little bit. <laughs> Because he's ready to scorch earth, everybody. Yes. And the prophets of Baal and the Democrats. Yes. Everybody. I'm a servant of God. Burn them with fire. Exactly. Right. I'd rather have a man that needs to be held back. Yeah. Than a man that needs to be pushed, pushed, pushed and told to grow a pair all the time. Yep. And so church is now about feelings instead of being taught about something, instead of you thinking about things and being a little bit more logical. Right. I think. I think the Holy Spirit works through our emotions. I think that's how he gets us, especially us females. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't just have a bunch of touchy feely people all the time. that are afraid to stand up to the culture, afraid to stand right. up to their wife, afraid to say, hey, that song isn't theologically sound. Right. Like they're afraid of everything. Yes, very much so. And yes, the, uh, girls have been raised to put their guy friends in dresses um, and, and in, in the quest for equality. Right. Which we and not understand, not understanding the order of creation, really, mm-hmm. um, but more about and it's not even in the church. It's not even about equity. It, it is this misconception of um, what the head is versus the neck versus, you know, the peripheral vision of the woman, um, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, I was talking with this guy recently who was just, you know, hit me up for probably dating. Who knows? But um, we were talking about great guys. Guy, but we were talking about, um, you know, very cerebral and, and we were talking about if, you know, serving, uh, you know, like Christ serves the church and Christ loves the church. And it really is coming from a standpoint of humility. So it, it's not weakness and it's not kowtowing and it's certainly not dealing with some Jezebel church that's constantly trying to create, you know, uh, Ahab's. Um, but it's, it's definitely from, you know, a a position of strength where it's, you know, when a man loves a woman, you know, and it's like, you're not in competition. Um, you know, you're not defensive, 
right? You're, you, you are, you understand that the battle is to, like I tell people all the time in my politics, start fighting for people, uh, principally speaking from, from a principality perspective as from a spiritual perspective, as opposed to fighting people all the time, start fighting for people. Um, and the same thing with your spouse, your loved one, you know, so many times we're busy, um, creating, building, building cases, Right. Which is what the world is full of right now. It's litigious from from the head to the tail and people build cases against their loved ones all day instead of just, you know, the the woman understanding the order of that creation and that there's safety in that. And that the man, uh, his head is, is the Lord, you know, in marriage. And so it's like, if you're going to your head and she's coming to you as someone who's submitted to him, I mean, where's the problem? You know, but the problem is just all of our stuff, you know, and and no one wants to live the triangle. Everybody tries to go completely, you know, lateral to their spouse instead of like going up first and letting God deal with his creation and coming back down the other side of the triangle. Um, You know, we're all very quick to want to uh, charge someone, indict someone, you know, prosecute that person. And that can happen in one one argument in the kitchen over coffee you know, over stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And then all of that, you know, flows out into civics. It flows out into our communities. It falls, it flows to policy. It, it flows to who people are going to vote for, you know, you're weak in the home. You're going to weak. you you'll be weak out in the public sphere. So speaking of that, and we've got a few minutes left, I want tonight's state of the union. I'm certainly not watching it. Um, I've gotten kind of a lowdown of what he's going to lie about and bloviate over. And and I'm going to tell you why I'm not watching that. Not because I want to be a snob. And being a media, people actually fault me for not watching it, to be honest with you. I can read it. I've skimmed over talking points. But here's the deal. The words of a talebearer go down into the innermost being and cause wounds, right? That's what the word says. And so why would I sit and take in an hour's worth of talebearing and lies from him and whoever else is going to be in the audience? Um, why would I take that into my spirit or into my body? I already know that those are lies. And so I, that's why I'm not tuning in tonight. But what, what do you guys think about the, the State of the Union? I mean, to me, historically speaking, the State of the Union should literally just be a letter. It's just him writing to Congress and the Senate and just kind of giving an update. And trust me, we all know the State of the Union. We were here. We experienced it. We were suffocated with masks (laughs) for two years. We were forcibly injected. We were threatened. We were mistreated. We lost our jobs. The economy sucks. Fuel at the pump is ridiculous. I can't afford it anymore. You know, people are losing their livelihoods over nonsense. Oh, and by the way, they might be in World War Three. Right. And then on top of that, he started a civil war over stuff that people created these these random problems, these fake things like fake identities, like, oh, I'm a man now or I'm a woman now. Right. or uh, It's nonsense and it's fake. Right. And it had to be drummed up in a peaceful society in order to divide us. Right. So what exactly is this guy going to tell us that we haven't already experienced? Why would I tune into this nonsense? Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I don't acknowledge the guy as a president until I know exactly who got voted in and why they stopped voting around 3 a.m. Right. <laughs> right. I hear you. Don't get me started on 2020. <laughs> yeah. We'll all be shut down. Not to mention, I don't need this guy slurring through two hours of him congratulating himself on things right. he didn't do. 
That's I just have a no waste idea of my how that's going to work. Like, what kind of yeah, medication is he going to be on? No, I'm so sorry. I have to watch it for my job. Ugh. It's oh. just going to be because I have to make some kind of funny montage video. Like, I literally I already know. Maybe what you I'm can make do. it a drinking game. Well, I don't know. I can't. No, I have to work. Anybody can talk to that. And we, depending upon the word, I think, I think Donnie is actually hosting a Twitter space tonight and, um, starting at eight and they're going to do like a state of the union bingo. So, you know, I get, it would depend on what the word was, you know, let's think of, of the number one word that they would use or he would use, you know, but, (laughs) you know, and just thinking about how. Bloviating over tax. I mean, no doubt we're going to be looking at inflation that we've we're already there that we've never seen before. Uh, Well, in at least 40 years. And now, you know, I live in Atlanta, so premium is right around five bucks. It's mm-hmm. nuts. Uh, it, and that's only going to get worse. So as far as the Ukraine, uh, you know, Russia, I thought it was kind of interesting that the president of Mexico today came out and said that he thought Putin was a good dude and he's not trying to say anything against him because, you know, hey, you know, equal opportunity invaders, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but- you know it's interesting is like uh, the East India Trading Company years and years and years and years ago. They basically ran the Bengali government. Mm-hmm. People don't realize this. And then you look at these relationships geopolitically. We've been a globalized country for hundreds of years. Like, I mean, the whole world has been globalized. We like to act like this is something new. And so when you see these people with their weird allegiances or their weird off-putting remarks on social media, and you're like, what does this mean? It's like, you're not surprised. I mean, you remember the Zimmerman letter in World War I where they were going to use Mexico to invade the U.S.? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. this has been going on a long time. Right. You know, and so evil is evil. If you have a government where the fruit of their their labor is rotten, yeah, you can pretty much assume that they're not on our side being the good side. Yeah. Right? You know, I'm yeah. glad you said that this has been happening for a long time because, you know, something that it's like right now we're dealing with tonight's a primary in Texas. OK. And then you've got the midterms coming up, you know, other primaries and midterms and People, Americans tend to look at politics in like four to eight year cycles, two, four and eight year cycles. And and that's really to our detriment because everyone else is working on a hundred year cycle with regard to who they're going to conquer, uh, where they're moving, you know, the territory, the land they're going to need, you know, um, and then you add technology into the mix. And it's just, you know, I, I personally feel like we there's so much um, chaff in every single industrial complex. And I would add the church as uh, an industrial complex, just like I would the military, education. Um, you know, it, it's entertainment, sports. Um, it is an industrial complex. Uh, our supply chain, our industry itself, you know, I mean, and we have a lot of people in this country who did not have an allegiance to the author of Liberty. And so I feel like it's a little naive of us now to be so disheartened and dismayed and just put out that and naive to think that we could correct it in one election cycle. Um, I, and I think it's, it's just, it's a misgiving. It, it just doesn't, it, that's two plus two is not four in that case for me. And so I'm like, you know what, guys, we, we said no thank you to the author of Liberty for so long. And now here we are. And our liberty, you know, people really still think we're a free country. And I don't know if they paid attention to people who are incarcerated on our soil without having been charged, um, without representation, Uh, you know, domestic terrorists being outlined by our national security apparatus as the three of us, you know, as believers. 
um, as racists, uh, white supremacists, whatever that means, um, because we're conservatives, you know, it's, we're not the same country. Now, one of the most controversial things I think I've ever said on our show, full of a show of me running my mouth is I actually believe America's dead and people don't like hearing that. Right. But you got to think about it. We allowed the communists to creep into our movies in the 1930s. Right. We allowed statues of Thomas Jefferson to get taken down last year. Right. We have allowed our history to be infused with anarcho-communism, but like the likes of Howard Zinn, and we teach it to all of our school children. And then the media covers up for him and says it's not being taught everywhere. Right. You know, we've allowed our culture to degenerate to the point to where we no longer correct people when they simply say things that are untrue. Yeah. Like I am a woman. No, you're not. Your name's Scott. You're a dude. Right. Like we can't say that now because we risk social censure to such an extreme degree that we're terrified to say it. Sure. When people are afraid to say the truth, you don't live in a free country. Yeah. So don't profess to me this whole like rah, rah, stars and stripes, pledge of allegiance, conservatism, blah, 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 blah. If you are afraid to say basic biological realities out loud, right? you have to lie to keep your job. You don't live in a free country. Right. You live in the rest of the world. Well, we have a whole generation that has been taught to hate America anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And yeah. so what I what I always say to people is, is like, well, how did this happen? How did how did, how did it get so bad? It, it died while you were in the drive through at Starbucks. It died when you were in church praising the Lord and crying. And then you went home and watched the view and you didn't realize that there was a disconnect. Right. It happened because you sent your kids off to public school and then you wondered why they came home Romans. Right. You know, this is the problem. Right. We were supposed to be the sword. You know, God said, I came to this world not to, <laughs> to be a sword, to divide brother against brother, like right. father against son. I knew that what I was saying, that what I was going to make people believe if they actually embraced me, speaking of Jesus Christ, yeah. was going to divide people violently. Right. God knew that right. because he knows us. He knows our nature. We know he knows we're going to resist. Yeah. And what's happening is, is that if we can converge that logic, with the conservative movement, with Christianity, with faith, and we can actually unite in a way that our forefathers once did, which actually led this country down a good road and got us started, we might actually have a chance of stopping this evil or at least slowing it down before the apocalypse. Right. But unfortunately, all I'm seeing is a bunch of people who are like, I really need my 401k, dude, so... Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think we live in a post-constitutional landmass. I mean, I've, I've said that for the better half of a year now, and people don't like that. They, but it, but the, but here's where hope springs eternal, right? So if something dies and, and you can resurrect it within the spirit of the Lord, I mean, it may look a little different. It may not feel good, uh, going through that rebirth process, but, um, but I would agree with you. I, I think you can look at our judiciary and people really do believe that they can vote their way out of it. And I'm just like, mm, yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 there's such a malignancy here. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it has, it has metastasized across the entire nation. Yeah. Don't um, get me wrong. I think people absolutely should vote and they should yeah, fight. They should too. volunteer. They should do everything peaceably that they can sure. to stop evil. I think that that's our commission in this world is to always stand athwart the tide of history and say like, slow it down. All sure. right. However, Realistically speaking, given how long this has been going on and like you said, how it's metastasized, I'm going to have to have beautiful little toffee colored kids with this woman that are going to be absolute monsters because they're going to need to raise their kids to be absolute monsters because they're the ones who are going to actually have to have the fight. Mm -hmm. That's what I firmly believe. I think we screwed up to such a degree that we're not going to be able to fix it. We're the ones who let it stew too long and now it's infected and now it's going to be up to her kids and her grandkids to fix it. Right. And that's our shame. Yeah. 
No, I'd agree with you. And, and I don't, you know, when you, when I talk to like corporate church people, they don't, they don't really get that. I mean, they're, they're still following Billy Graham who astoundingly said, you know, Jesus would have taken the vaccine, uh, you know, out of love for his neighbor. And I'm thinking Billy Graham said that he did. Yeah. He tweeted it. Girl, I was like, what is going on right now? Yes. (laughs) Billy Graham was, he was old. Is it his aide, his aides tweeting? He was like, (laughs) (laughs) right. Oh, no, you don't, Candace. See, that's that's some Candace stuff right there. Candace is like, and I'm talking to Scott about that. His aide was tweeting it. You know, President Trump doesn't spend that much time online. I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you just see his Twitter feed for the better half of four years? Trust me, nobody was tweeting but President Trump. So. Trump was on the toilet like... Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, that was all Donald Trump. That was not an A. Can you see Donald Trump relinquishing or abdicating any form of control of his Twitter account to an aide? Yeah, no. You could tell the ones that was like, thank you for celebrating President's Day. <laughs> Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> right, right. Hey, Rachel. Okay, so there's a couple of Mick. All right, we got Rachel. And you guys, can you guys see the um, chat feed as well? I don't know since I have we you. Yes, okay, cool. Yeah, All right, cool. Uh, hey, Chris. And so, yeah, I know there are some folks who are getting ready to, to fire up their... Um, they're getting ready to fire up their uh, their spaces tonight uh, on Twitter, all about you know what's happening in Ukraine. And honestly, again, th- there there's so much turning and sliding of hmm, of the truth that um, I've just I have reserved comment on a lot of things because I think I think many things are coming to light that. Um, you know, that are probably going to be shocking to some people and not mm-hmm. to others. And in the meantime, you know, I've just got my head down. I'm working. And and, I, and the number one thing I realized this past year is that nothing really, I mean, everything matters. Don't get me wrong. But the things that matter um, and the only thing that's gotten me through this past year um, has definitely been understanding my relationship to my creator and an eternity, like an eternal perspective that I can bring into today. Um, and so that's where my focus is on the things that are going to last, because I believe that I'm going to have to pour some things into my granddaughter so that she becomes part of that generation that has to, you know, do some things that, that we've, you know, just allowed to to fall by the wayside. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So we hit on, yeah, the geopolitics, the relationship. Okay. So we're do this for me. Give me three pointers as a couple of, of couples like, you know, staying grounded and, and staying, you know, together during these times. Well, the, uh, the biggest one is, um, prayer. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't much of a prayer warrior, I always prayed relatively consistently, but for me, it always felt like conversations with a guy that I kind of had a weird relationship with. <laughs> right. Like, I want you to like me. I know you really shouldn't because I'm kind of an ass, <laughs> but like, please don't hate me. Like, yeah. And don't kill me before I can get some things right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, until, yeah. until I figure this out, just be patient with me. Mm-hmm. Like I always had kind of an odd relationship with God, but yeah. then when I met her, I really like leveled up, you know, Aww. and she taught me a lot of things. And so I think one of the things we focus on, like before we ever get on one of these shows, we always pray. We pray very fervently yeah. that, that it's not just us and our smart mouths talking, that, it, yeah. that we're like vessels, you know. And Sure. And um, I think, uh, what would you say the second is? 
serving. Yeah. Because I'm always looking at what I want <laughs> and what I want him to do. Because he was me all the time, every single day. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> so, like, I'll go walk the dog. I wasn't raised with animals, and his dog likes to bark and bite me. Yeah. If I sneeze only, which is so odd. I don't that understand. Weird. I'm a Welsh corgi. He's you're, kind you're, of a psycho. Uh, yeah, well, like yeah, that explains it. He'll, he'll love you, and then he'll be like, hey, I'm going to kill your shins. You're right. <laughs> right. And I'll still, yeah. like, I'll still walk him and yeah. stuff like that and make sure he's fed and goes to the bathroom and make sure, like, Scott, his job, sometimes he has to work really late, mm-hmm. and I'll, like, make something at his house and just leave it yeah. so he has to eat. So just things like that. I'm like, okay, what am I Am I thinking about him or am I thinking about me? And usually I'm right. thinking about me. Right. So it keeps us it keeps us close together because then I'm I'm happy that he's happy. Sure. Because I helped him in his everyday life. But you know, you have to understand how casually she says all this. Like, yeah. like oh, that's nice. She makes dinner for him, that's for her. So that's very sweet. You have to understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. I have had way too much experience with women. Okay. I've I've been in way too many failed relationships. Okay. I've been in a marriage that failed tremendously. And you know, I've dealt with the fallout of divorce. Right. I have never had a girlfriend or a wife who ever cooked me anything like that. I've wow. never had somebody who was like, how can I help you? Yeah. And then just did it. So I was literally crying on the way home the other day when she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You had to get stuck at work until 9 p.m. You know, I, I, I'll make you something, you know. And then I came home and there was food in the pot. And I was like. <sighs> I love <her> right. so <laughs> because it had never happened before. Right. You know, the contrast is so brutally stark, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think sometimes she doesn't realize how much I appreciate her. So I just wanted to embarrass her publicly. Oh, so, well, and let me embarrass her publicly too, because I'm just here to tell you. So high five to you girl, because most women today cannot boil water. And if they can, they won't do it for their loved ones. Uh, because that's, I don't know what that is. There, there's, just this again disconnect seems to be the word of the night but there's on this finger <laughs> you know what it's hard for me to cook too because of chemo like yeah. my taste is still it's like up and down okay. and so i'll be like i made something you also can't I, smell i, I tasted it i think it's okay yeah yeah but well, when, I, when I cook for her, I have to just douse it in like cayenne pepper uh, <laughs> right right so i'm over here just like what do you think, baby? <laughs> I love like, it. Fine. Okay, so servitude, humility, obviously. Okay, yeah, communication, obviously. Yeah. The, thir- the third one, That's I would good. say, because um, you gave us three, right? Yeah. The, th- the third one is a- is mission. I was going to say this. Yes. Thing. Yes. Absolutely. Purpose she and, and I, mission. She and I are like Old Testament warriors, man. We aren't messing around. She's not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die. We don't look at this as like, hey, if I date this cute woman, is that going to get me promoted in my job? And it's right. going to make me look good and feel successful and get like hot sex from a hot chick. Right. She's not over here thinking like, I wonder if this guy will get responsible and give me like a nice car and like, yeah. you know, hook me up with a nice living. We're both thinking if they put us down on a block and they're about to chop our heads off, we're both going to be like singing to each other. Like we're ready to Aww. roll. I love it. You guys are like Braveheart in real life. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to be. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Somebody has to do something. And we both have that same spirit. We're both very combative as children, very competitive, very (laughs) recalcitrant. And when we met each other, it was funny because her family was like, "Mm, Scott, how are you going to be able to handle Z? She's real tough. 
And I was like, actually, she's never been tough with me. And we get along fine. She seems to respect me. And they're like, oh, you respect Scott, do you? I love it. There is something <laughs> about that because people people kind of mistake me as being like this hard ass, you know, and that I'm tough, which I am. I mean, I've come through a lot of things. But I think with the right person, th- that's the person that you're like, okay, as long as there's, re- there's respect there. I mean, certain things have to be there, you know. And then it's like, okay, and you got to find your fellow warrior, like you said, you do. It's got to be on purpose. And like, I, I can't be, you know, so I find a lot of times too, and Scott, well, I don't know if you, if either one of you could relate to this, but I find this too, that, um, especially in, in the dating world, um, people, men today love a strong woman, right? Until they get you. And then they're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? You know? And I'm like, well, see, that tells me that you're not for me. Because if you're trying to figure out how to manage me, good luck with that, first of all. Uh, Mm -hmm. But secondly, you're coming at me. You're not stepping to me with anything of value that is that it means mission and purpose. Exactly. Mission. Absolutely. And, you know, that's excellent that you got. And my daughter actually recognized that as young as she and her husband are about six months into marriage um, before she realized that she was pregnant. She was like, you know what? We got to have a purpose outside of having children outside of, you know, we have to have a common purpose. They work in different industries, but I just thought that was really cool that someone so young would have that kind of wisdom. And she's only five years younger than you. Um, but she's, um, you know, and, and they're right now they have a baby to consider. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the kids or, you know, the doing, or like you said, the cars and the getting and all the striving. And, you know, and I think if one thing COVID did for people being stuck up in houses together was it was kind of an equal, you know, an equalizer where it was like, yeah. Okay, who are you and why are we here? Like, wh- why, why do we get married? Um, and people just don't really think of it in terms of, you know, mission-centric. And it doesn't mean, and let me say this to my audience, it doesn't mean that you have to be like this warring, um, equal, badass couple that's like taking on the world of politics. It could mean that you definitely should be equal uh, and equally yoked, but it me- maybe it just means that you are at home with your babies and that's your war zone. You're, you're training little warriors um, and your husband's out, or maybe the husband's home. I don't know. Whatever the agreement is between two people, um, I think is important that it ultimately is centered around purpose. And then whatever that looks like is uh, is in between. Yeah, let me me give you a good example of that. Right, you actually said like, and the the husband staying home was the one that resonated because she was uh, presented with several opportunities while she and I were developing our relationship that would have required her to relocate. Mm And this would have been a good opportunity for her. She would have been able to have some of the adventures that she hadn't been able to have. She would have probably gotten a lot more money than mm-hmm. she had ever paid before. And she would have been able to satisfy some of those needs that she feel like she hadn't met because she's very ambitious. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, I'm like, if you need to leave me and this is your genuine purpose and you think this is where God's taking you, mm-hmm. then go. Yeah. Like, don't let me be an anchor for you. Right. But if you pray to God and he says, like, he, he's the door I want you to walk through. I want you to be with this man. Then do that. Yeah. And I think that that's like you were saying, that's what leadership is. It's not yeah. some guy who works out a lot and then like puffs out his chest and he tells his woman what to do. That's not it. 
but it's also not this beta male who kind of slides up to his woman and manipulates her for sex. <laughs> right. And then he's not strong enough because he doesn't have the masculine qualities necessary to actually defend the home and to get the taxes paid and all that sort of thing. Yep. It's something in the middle. Yeah. It's it's willing it's a willingness to understand that as the leader, you're the one who has to take responsibility for everything. Yeah. And that includes her happiness, by the way. Yes, I would agree with that. And I think, too, like if we had more men like you who were willing to invest in other men, um, like in terms of mentorship, I find that a lot. I mean, most of the church has not been discipled about anything. We have been churched, but we have not been discipled. You know, whenever Jesus is like, go and make disciples, (laughs) it's like that requires an investment, that requires mm-hmm. understanding that people need time to be cultivated. And, um, and I, and I like to cross pollinate. And so I feel like younger men can teach the older men something and the elders can certainly teach the younger men something, yeah. you know, and same thing goes for women. And, but I think there's just such a, especially in America, there's just real sense of just disconnect again, you know, everyone's very, I do my, especially if you're conservative, I do my own thing. You know, it's my family. Don't tread on me. If you're libertarian, whatever, I get it. But at the end of the day, one reason why I hate that mantra, I get it from a governmental standpoint, but sometimes with my libertarian friends that actually carries over into don't knock on my door, don't even cross the threshold of my driveway, don't ask if I need anything, uh, you know, don't ask me anything about my life whatsoever. And I'm like, that's not how we're not, we weren't created to be isolationists. The mm. fundamental reason that libertarians and Republicans can never properly unite is because libertarians are not fundamentally moral. And they're weird. I mean, if you think about <laughs> it, like a libertarian will say, Leave me alone and let me do whatever I want. I don't care if the crackhead has nine ba- non-binary vampires for children who yes. drive monster trucks while shooting machine <laughs> guns off the roof, right? Listen, I can appreciate half of that sentiment. I don't care if they have monster trucks and they're loud and they're shooting machine yeah. guns. I think that's hilarious. Right. However, when you start using your children and you turn them into vampires and non-binaries and transsexuals and that sort of thing, you're a child <laughs> abuser. And my God tells me to tell you, stop. Well, it affects culture. So, yeah, now you're affecting me. And now you're affecting the whole world. So this is the inherent problem with libertarianism in general is like even their non-aggression principle, which is kind of like their uniting bedrock, the non-aggression principle, the nap. Right. They don't even agree on what that is. Right. You get like three libertarians in a room. They're like, one's like abortion is fine. The other one's like abortion is terrible. The other one's like, I like satanic rituals with weed. And it's just like. Right. Right. If you can agree on what that even means, maybe we could take you seriously. But yes. instead, everyone's just like, yes, totally agree. I've, I have I've run several campaigns of people who are who really are at their core libertarians, but they're on the Republican ticket. And I always tell people, I'm like, libertarians will never, ever, ever be able to take anything over with any level of plausibility because they cannot coalesce around anything. So it's, I mean, like you said, you get three in a room and you've got three different, you know, and there's a, there's a slight bedrock of agreement on something, which is all just leaving the hell alone. Uh, but ultimately at the end of the day, I'm like, but we all do share the same soil. What are you talking about right now? Like that's just denial of human nature. It's, Yes, exactly. It's almost as naive as like liberal utopianism. Yes. 
Like, if I just get into power, everyone will leave me alone. It's like, retard, have you ever read history? Like, <laughs> not going to happen. Right. I was you know, going to say that tonight. I was like, do people really believe that we can look back to history to, to really, I mean, we, we should, and we can, and yes, look to history for really human nature. Right. But, but I feel like if, if God is on the move and he's a dispensational God, I kind of feel like we are on the move too. And while you can look to the past to understand human nature has not changed, nor will it until we are affected by the truth of the gospel, I humbly believe, uh, to change your heart, your mind. Um, but I'm like, we have our eyes behind us and I kind of feel like God's calling us to look right now, look up and really to what I do believe could be our best days ahead of us, but they're not, they're not going to look like we think they will. That's I, I think, I think it's going to be sweeter and richer because I think things could get so interesting, um, on a, on a, on a cultural level on a, and on a geopolitical level that I think, you know, the depression could end up looking like a legitimate cakewalk. Um, and if that happens, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's like, that's when you hunker down. Like that's when God emerges because you're in the trenches with people, you know, you don't have time to worry about somebody's pronoun and whether or not somebody's a foundational mm-hmm. black American or an African American or a, you know, a whatever. I mean, when people are hungry, that's that, true. That levels the playing field of all of that. So, I had a discussion with a friend. He's actually an atheist and I'm slowly trying to work on him, but he, uh, you know, he made an interesting comment. He said, you know, as troubled as the times are right now, does it kind of feel like you're a character in like a really messed up book? You know, and it's like you always read right. about the hero in a novel and it's right. like you, you kind of sit there and you sort of sadistically enjoy their suffering because you yeah. want to see them transform right. and rise and right. defeat the evil. But then you think to yourself, what if, what if I put myself in that kid's shoes? I'd probably be freaked out of my mind. I'd be like, why is this happening? To oh, me? God. And you and you and you passively enjoy it almost sadistically from a yeah. distance from right the safety of your bedroom with a glass of wine right right meanwhile this poor hero's got his sword in front of the goblin like uh, and i realized that you know and he was pointing out he's like i feel like that's all of us right now mm-hmm. everybody's being confronted with the goblin in the story and everybody's just shaking in their boots and like oh my gosh this is happening right because we were all summer children you know to quote game of thrones we were, we were right. a generation of people who grew up with so much prosperity and yeah. so much largest and so much treasure and so much safety that we're like wait bad things can happen to us too that's right what and so now everybody's trying to adjust themselves to that reality right z and i are different we we're harder people yeah we wanted that adventure yeah I would say I semi-wanted it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She's like, I kind of wanted not, it. Not, not totally. <laughs> All right. When can people tune into your show? And um, wait a minute. Good thing. Yeah, right. Good thing our military isn't worried about pronouns. Ha, ha, Suzanne. Um, what a mess. I mean, it's even poured over into our military. It, I, mean, it, I, used to, just... I used to train mixed units out of JSOC <sighs> and SOCOM. Oh, wow. Stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, I've trained Navy SEALs how to punch. I've, I've taught like Marines, you know, how to like jump on a grenade, that kind of thing. Car, anti-carjacking, all this fancy, like hardcore masculine stuff. Yeah. They've gotten soft over time. Gradually, oh, they have wow. gotten soft. I mean, 
I, there's scary. this great video. I wish I could give it to you. I might have to dig it up. It's from a few years ago mm-hmm. where a young guy who was a private had just joined the army and he was doing like sort of their, their, their big basic day where they kind of break them down psychologically. Right. And they make them do a bunch of push-ups and march and push-ups and march. And this is the whole idea is to kind of show them like, this is what your life is now. Get used to it, little bro. Yeah. They watered it down so much that it wasn't even challenging. Right. And there was this big colonel there to kind of supervise on camera. And so they call one of the privates over and the private comes up to the colonel and, and, you know, he's kind of nervous. And they're like, it's all right, bud, speak freely. And the colonel says, what do you think of today, son? How is it? And he's like, honestly, sir, I expected it to be harder. Oh, boy. (laughs) And and they're like, all right, shifting over here. And it just it's indicative of a serious rot in our society. We've become a peacetime country in a world that never stops enjoying war. That's absolutely true. And I mean, whenever you consider who enjoys uh, the act of war, you know, in our military industrial complex and who, you know, benefits from that, you know, and most people have no idea. And a lot of those things are coming to light now and people don't want to believe it. And I think more things will come to light in the coming days that are probably going, you know, we went through our first round of idol uh, rattling right? Where I just watched idol after idol just tumble. And, um, at least in my life, and I've also seen it, you know, nationally as well, but I think we're, we're coming up on a new round and mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how people respond to that. I put, I'm going to, I want to, um, I want to end this with you guys answering this question, Rachel put up, but people love to use anything negative as a proof point that God doesn't exist. So when you, when you come across people and I do, all the time, uh, mainly people who are bitter or upset with God because something super horrific has happened in their lives at the hands of people who should have represented God mm-hmm. um, as a parent or, you know, someone in authority, usually. Um, so what do you say to Rachel's um, comment? We'll both give an answer. But Z, please go first. So I'm coming as a coming to you as a person that um, I've met my father a couple of times and maybe three times. Mm-hmm. Um so I've been like upset with my mom because I was born into this life and didn't have a father and had to grow up in a church where I saw other people had their dad mm-hmm. and I did not. Um, and then men in the church kind of stepped up and they were kind of my father figures, but they didn't know what they were doing when they were young. And I got hurt a lot. Um, and so I'm coming to you as a person that still goes to church, still loves God and has struggled through a lot, a lot of church pain. One thing I know is that It was never intended. God never intended those things. The other thing I know is if you go back to Genesis, um, he he gave man dominion over the earth, meaning like our flesh, which was kind of like the it created a loophole from Genesis to when Jesus was born to allow Jesus to come on this earth and do all the things that he did. And so God needs our bodies to our physical, our flesh to to answer prayers, to move by the spirit, to save people and yada, 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 change things on this earth for the better. Well, that also means that hell needs our bodies as well. Um, And so all that to say is that evil is here because of the choices that we made. It was uh, Adam that fell. And so it's, it's flesh that, that ruins things. It's fresh that, uh, that fails and fails people and hurts people and, and creates World War One, Two, and Three. Right. Um, it's it's people, and so you you can't blame God for that because it's it's our decisions. And even if it's something, even if you know things really really go to hell because of this war uh, in Ukraine, and we get hurt from it, 
it was literally Putin's decision. So it was still a man that allowed evil into the earth that had that will probably hurt a lot of people. So that's kind of the way that I look at it. And I think it's biblical. Yeah. Rachel, I would say that theodicy, there's a term, you know, why would a perfect God or an omnipotent God allow bad things to happen to good people or to innocent people and so forth? And this is something that theologians throughout the centuries have struggled with. But the reality is, is that God created the stage. We're the players. And we need to step up and accept our role as those players, which means that he has set these challenges before us. He's going to try and move and he has a plan and it's his world, it's his universe. But that doesn't absolve us of responsibility. If every time something goes wrong, we drop to our knees and we just cry Jehovah with the hands in the air. We're basically just baby birds dependent on something to feed us. God didn't want that for us. God wants us to ascend and be more like him. Mm -hmm. And that means evolving. That means fighting through difficulty. That means going into the lion's den bravely. That means accepting that the king Nebuchadnezzar might kill you for your faith. It means going up against the culture. It means going up against the politicians. It might mean going up against your family. God set a world full of conflict to be the anvil on which we would get hammered into something better, mm-hmm. shaped into something better so that we were actually fit for heaven. Yeah. People don't want to think about this this way. Mm-hmm. They want to think that if they believe in God, that they're just going to get blessed and they're going to have a decent car and a middle-class lifestyle and everything's going to be okay. And grandma's cancer will be cured as long as you just put your hands together and you close your eyes real tight and you pray fervently. Maybe she's supposed to die of cancer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was God's will. Because he wanted her back and he missed her. Right. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is we have to be strong enough to react in this world as humans. And we need to claim it in the name of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's excellent. And Rachel said she loves this. That's good. You guys are so good, which is why I'm really looking forward to, you know, the space I'm, I'm moving into this year is going to be more conversational. And my podcast usually is, but it's also very much so, you know, about geopolitics and things of that nature. But I, but my bedrock, I feel like moving into the rest of this year, um, it is going to be more of a focus on kingdom and then how kingdom is going to affect and influence mm-hmm. all these other spheres. And so it's not, yes, it's Christianity, but it's, it's kingdom. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. um, and so I want to bring people on like you guys who are part of the kingdom, who are kingdom building that are just starting out, whatever you've got your, you know, new, uh, platform and point people your direction. And, um, yeah, so conversations with Monica. That's why I wanted to have you guys come on. Plus, you know, Scott, again, you know, anytime he's in my spaces, I'm just like, okay, this guy is like over the moon with, um, you know, with just makes so much sense and such a warrior. And whenever he said that he had found his equal warrior, I was like, oh, well, we got to talk to her too. So (laughs) (laughs) that's good. All right. Where can people find you guys? And when are you on the air? Uh, How often are you live streaming and all that good stuff? Um, you can find us on TUConservative.com or on YouTube, The Urban Conservative. Um, our show is called Two Americas, and we go live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. You can also find us on Rumble because we know how YouTube is, and we're trying to cultivate an audience there. You can also find us both on Twitter, um, Scott D. Harris one And uh, what's your Twitter handle? Um, at N-Z-I-N-G-A underscore J. Okay. 
Cool. Now I got you too. I would have included you today in my, in my tweet sequence, but I didn't have your handle. So it's all good. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate you both. God bless your marriage and your endeavors. And please come back on, uh, you know, if there's anything that you guys ever want to bring to my audience, I'd love to have you back again. And we'd love to have you on our show. Thank you. I'd be happy to do it. God bless you both. And, uh, we'll catch up with you guys soon. Yes, ma'am. All right. Thanks guys. Good night. Okay, guys, so that's it for me. I am about to roll on out of here and go grab me some dinner. If you're familiar with my podcast, you know that music means I'm outie. Thanks for joining me on my first live stream. That was a ton of fun. They're a great couple, obviously. And uh, please share, share, share. And uh, yeah, so many cool things coming up this year that I really look forward to you guys being a part of with me. All right. So, hey, remember, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.